I actually just fired somebody last week. She was embezzling from me. So Brooke was like, hey, Steven, you know, can you look into this like $35 charge? And he like calls her in a panic and is like, hey, I just found out she's refunding her card money. The $35 payment wasn't from y'all. I don't know where that came from. Well, turns out it was her medical copay and a Smithfield family practice, not Smithfield family dentistry. And then I bring her to my office. I was like, you know, what's going on? Welcome to The Dental Marketer. This is your go-to podcast for diving deep into the world of business, marketing, self-development, and dentistry. From startup secrets to real talk with the pros, we've got it all. So whether you're just starting out or you're deep in years in running your own practice, join us for a mix of success stories, a few learning curves, and loads of insights from the brightest in the industry. We'll chat learn, and grow together one episode at a time. All our guests are fantastic on the podcast. I learn from all of the guests here, and I hope you do too. But ever so often, you come across a guest who there's only like one word that sticks out in your mind, right? When you're talking to them, and you're just in awe almost, right? And that's what we have here. Grit. I mean, just perseverance, moxie, tenacity, toughness. Grit is what sticks out to me, like the definition of it. Also, like, you know, intelligence and so forth. But that's what we have here. Dr. Kim Power. Such a fitting last name, Power. (laughs) But grit is what comes to mind. She has gone and is going through so much. But we discuss her past, present, future, how she got into dentistry, how she got into owning her own practice, what systems she liked and didn't like from the previous associateships that she was working with and things like that. But then we dive deep. We discuss how she's keeping her overhead down, how she found her location. And then we go even deeper, a little bit more personal. Then we start figuring out or start learning more about her life and everything she's going through, but still perseverance. And then we talk about embezzlement, something she's going through right now and how to prevent that. And can it even be 100% preventable? Um, And then now she's discussing the process and everything she's doing for that, her due diligence. And she has a ton of advice for us on that as well. She also gives us some codes for our claims that will help you out. And then we talk about marketing and advertising, which is surprising on what she's doing. (laughs) And then we discuss advice that she has for us, especially as a practice owner and what she's going to do now. So much. I mean, there's a lot in this episode, a lot I want to say, but at the same time, I want you to listen to it. So guys, without further delay, here is... Dr. Kim Power. What if the next IT hiccup could cost you more than just time, but a patient's trust in your dental practice? When technology falters in a dental office, it can throw off more than just the day's appointments. It can disrupt patient care and impact the very heartbeat. But with Dark Horse Tech's dedicated IT support, those worries can become a thing of the past. They are like having a tech wizard on your team, ready to resolve issues before they become disruptions. They understand that in the dental world, time is not a commodity, it's the currency. And when their IT support is integrated into your practice, they ensure that currency is spent on patient smiles, not on tech troubles. With Dark Horse Tech, you get real-time responses and preventative strategies that keep your operations running like clockwork. Consider the peace of mind that comes with knowing your systems are being monitored by experts who speak the nuanced language of dental technology. 
Dark Horse Tech's vigilant eyes are constantly scanning to ensure your software is up to date, your patient data is secure, and your network is as robust as your practice's reputation. They're not just about quick fixes. Dark Horse Tech is about providing enduring solutions that mesh with the intricacies of dental care. They preempt potential issues, ensuring that your practice's technology is a silent partner that supports rather than interrupts your work. And now they're offering a limited time deal that's sure to make you smile. Sign up with Dark Horse Tech today and they'll give you the first month of IT support for free. It's their way of demonstrating confidence in their service and their commitment to the dental professions. So why let IT issues take a bite out of your practice's productivity? Make the switch to Dark Horse Tech and discover a world where your practice's technology is seamlessly integrated and always patient ready. Claim their offer and give your practice the gift of uninterrupted services. Go in the show notes below, click the first link in the show notes below to check out the exclusive deal. With Dark Horse Tech, every minute saved from IT troubles is a minute gained for patient care. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for asking. If you don't mind me asking, where are you located right now? North Carolina, Garner, South of Raleigh. Okay. Did you grow up there? No, I grew up in Cary. So it's okay. Like, yeah, it's like right outside of Raleigh. All right. So then tell us a little bit about your past, your present. How did you get to where you are today? I guess I started wanting to be a dentist when I was like in high school, I guess. Wanted to be an orthodontist, but um, in dental school, I got bored with ortho. So I'm glad I don't do ortho. But so started out wanting to do ortho and then I... Actually got into dental school early. So I started dental school a week after I turned 21 and then graduated at 24. So I was pretty young when I graduated, went to UNC, graduated in 2016. I worked as an associate at a couple of different practices. So I had, I was at one practice in Cary for a year, and then I was at a practice in Raleigh for two years. And then I was at a practice in Garner for another two years. And then I bought my practice. Gotcha. And that's where you're at now. Yes. So let's rewind a little bit. You were bored with ortho. What got you bored with it? I just feel like people are really nitpicky and it's annoying. So, mm. And it's just kind of monotonous. Gotcha. So you felt like it was what to you right now, I guess what, what you're doing is monotonous when it gets boring. Like when uh, it comes to the type of dentistry you're doing now, besides ortho. My day is never boring. I see a lot of patients. So. Yeah. So the, since you see a lot of patients, let me ask you then, what kind of insurance, are you taking all kind of insurance? Like what type of practice do you have? Is it fee-for-service, general? Like how does it look? No, it's general. Medicare and Medicaid are pretty high in my practice. So by revenue, Medicaid is about 35%. By volume, probably over 50. And then PPOs, pretty much the network with every PPO besides regular Aetna and Cigna, pretty much. Now, did you do that on your own, like the fees and the schedule and everything like that? Or did you hire a company? So I bought an existing practice. So the practice had been around since the 70s. I bought from a guy who actually had just bought it. So the practice has changed hands a couple of times, but he bought it in 2017 and then he was actually moving to the West Coast. So I ended up buying from him in 2021. And a lot of it was already set up, like as far as the insurances and stuff goes. I did do a insurance negotiation. Um, I signed up with insurance negotiators when I first started. So that got me quite a bit of a fee increase, but Medicaid, you can't. Increased fees is just, it is what it is. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. How'd you find that practice? Were you just like driving around and you found the location or? No. So I used to do cheerleading in high school and um, me and my girlfriend did tumbling, like adult tumbling. And our tumble coach was coaching that guy's kids. And he was like, hey, like, 
do you want to buy a practice? And I was like, maybe, I don't know. And he hooked us up and I bought it a month later. So. Wow. So it just happened like yeah. that. Super Interesting. Random. Wow. Okay. So then when you acquired this practice, I mean, so many questions. How was the process? Like, did you go with a bank when it came to that? What was your loan looking like and the interest rate? Things like that. So I found a good lawyer, um, dental lawyer. He's actually, we ended up becoming friends. So we're friends now. So he was really great helping me with things. I found a good accountant. Well, which, I mean, she was good at the beginning because she was knowledgeable and she'd been doing it a long time. But then I found out she was a little bit antiquated. So I moved accounts, but she was helpful at the beginning, just kind of guiding me on like what I had to do and things like that. And then went with a couple of different banks. Actually, some of the big ones wouldn't even loan to me, even though the overhead was when I bought the guy was keeping the overhead between 39 and 50% on a $1.1 million practice. And yeah, my overhead's still about 52%. And last year we just did 2.1 million. So we've kept the overhead down. But anyway, so the bank wouldn't even loan, First Citizens wouldn't even loan me money because it was over 15% Medicaid. I guess they just don't like Medicaid. Yeah. So then what bank did you decide to go with? It's called Southern First. I think out of South Carolina. They're kind of a local, like a smaller bank chain, but I mean, they were great. I didn't put any money down. I bought the building. I bought the practice. They gave me interest-only payments for the first year, and they're available by tax. They're amazing. My loan rate is 3.3%. I have a line of credit with them. My house is with them. Like, everything. They're great. So they were they ran with you the whole way. Okay, so then once you did that, decided to go with the loan, you found the practice, did the acquisition, or you started doing the... How did you do your due diligence for that when it came to the acquisition? So a couple things. I had worked with this dental supply rep for a while. I met him in my first practice I was ever at. He helped me find my second job or my third job, actually. And so I had him come check out the equipment just to make sure everything was working. I looked at the schedule. So like I didn't tell the owners when I went to see the practice, I was like, pull up your schedule and I want to look at it. And I clicked through it because I wanted to make sure he wasn't like bullshitting the numbers, you know? I also asked for a procedure report. So I looked at some other practices where they were doing like 1.1 million or 1.2 or something like that. And they were out of network. And I pulled their reports and I'm like, why are your write-offs so bad? Or I was like, why are you, why are your collections so bad? And he was like, oh, because the write-offs. I was like, well, if you're out of network, there's no write-offs. And he was like, oh, we just went out of network. And I was like, oh, you sneaky motherfucker. (laughs) So also he was billing out IO photos, which I knew I wasn't going to do that. And it was like $300,000 of the revenue was IO photos. So I knew that was not, you know, red flag. So I made sure I looked at the procedure report to make sure there wasn't any sketchy things being billed out. And also that I did all the procedures. So, you know, if he's doing $100,000 in IV sedation a month, like I don't do IV sedation or it wasn't, you know, I wasn't taking out their molars at the time. So that would have been a bad practice to buy if, you know, I don't do full off rehabs either. So, you know, you have to make sure that you're looking at the procedures they do. Yeah. Um, and then I looked at, I asked what kind of equipment they had. So I got an equipment list. I got his tax returns for the last three years. I think that's it. Yeah. Okay. So that's really good. Now, did you, by any chance, like, I guess, how do you know to do all that? How did you know to do the due diligence and like ask for all that, look at their schedule and things like that? Or is it just like, you, you know, know. You're like street smarts, like, you know what I mean? Like, no, hey. I feel like I probably saw it somewhere. I just don't remember where. Like, I don't think I came up with that myself. I just no, don't. But that's smart. That's super smart, though. Like to do all yeah. that to like, hey, pull up the schedule right now. Let me let me take a look at it. Right. Because, yeah, they can fluff it up as much as they want because they're trying to sell it. Even as an associate, too. Like I learned, too, as an associate, like pull up the schedule and I want to look at it. Like because I want to see, I want to make sure that you have enough patience for me kind of thing. So when you were looking for places to, uh, you know what I mean? partner up with or work with as an associate, you would ask them that like, Hey, 
assessment. Interesting. And they were super cool with it? Yeah. I mean, and even I'm trying to hire an associate. I'm like, what reports do you want? Like, I'll run any report you want to see. Like, I have nothing to hide and I want to make sure that you're comfortable and like, you know, what you're getting into. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like that. I like that a lot. Now, when you did the acquisition, did you keep all the team members on or really? Mm-hmm. So I started with four girls. So the practice, just like as a little background, was doing. So I bought the practice for 1.1 million. It was doing between 1.1 and 1.3 the last, you know, three or so years before when I bought it. Our situation was a little bit weird because he was moving. And so what happened was I saw the practice July 6th. I signed the LOI the 26th of July, gave my notice that day to my associateship, but I I had to give them 60-day notice. And there wasn't like a fine or anything, but I just think that's the right thing to do. Like, you don't leave somebody high and dry, you know? Mm. But he's like, I'm out August 1st. So he left, went to California, and the practice was ran by temps for two months, which was an absolute shit show. So I was able to meet the girls before I technically bought it because mm-hmm. I know a lot of times when they're transitioning, no one wants people to know, but he's like, I'm leaving and she's buying it. So peace, you know? Uh, yeah. yeah. So I got to meet the girls and he told them that day. I met them after work. He kind of introduced me. I said some stuff about myself and then I just kind of set the stage. You know, I was like, you know, I value you guys as like part of the practice. I really want to get to know each and every one of you and like hear any of your concerns and like just see, you know, what your goals are and everything like that. So I took each one of them individually out to dinner and I still do this with every team member I hire. Like Mm -hmm. I always go out to dinner, like wherever you want to go, I'll pay for it. We don't have, we can talk about work if you want. We don't have to talk about, I don't care what we talk about, but like, I want to get to know. So it was four girls when I took over, Stacy and Brittany, who are my dental assistants. And then Ashley was a hygienist and Brooke who worked at the front desk. And so that was October of 2021. And now I have, I have Ashley and Brooke as hygienist. So, So I still have everybody that I started with. I have Ashley and Brooke as hygienist, Laura is a hygiene assistant at the front desk. Same Brooke, other Brooke is my office manager. Yessi is at the front. Tammy is at home doing billing. And Brittany actually moved to treatment coordinator. She stays at home now with her kids. The assistant that I had, she she wanted to stay on with me, but she wanted kind of a more at home thing. So I kind of made something for her. Um, mm-hmm. she's very valuable to me and, and the team. So, so she does like treatment follow-up. And then I have five dental assistants. So I have Bonnie, Heather, Eden, Stacy, and Sydney. How many employees do you have, Kim? I think 12, 12, 13. And then I have a personal assistant, but she's not really, she'll be at the practice, but not really. She doesn't do it. Man, you've grown like this place huge since like what you take a great job. So then real quick, when it came to, you do that with every single one, like the Mm -hmm. 12, you and me dinner. And do you also have like a team dinner now? Just like you and me dinner. Well, when I first hired them, I take them out to eat and get to know them. And then as far as like team activities, so we do team bonding once a month. So it's just a time where like we can hang out after work, do something fun. So January went go-karting. December was our Christmas party. November was our, we had like a Thanksgiving potluck. I can't remember every month, but we've done like (laughs) axe throwing. We've done wine design and it just rotates. So whoever, like a girl gets to pick it. One of my staff members gets to pick it and then they just pick a date and Whoever goes, goes, and it's fun. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. And so then the coach, have you ever had to like let someone go or has someone quit or fired or anything like that? Yeah, I actually just fired somebody last week. She was embezzling from me. Are you serious? She was front officer. Yeah, so she was actually one of my first hires. So that really hurt, honestly. Like I was pretty upset about it. But yeah, so I found out she was, so she actually asked my office manager. I'm a very trusting person and I wasn't doing my due diligence. So this is my fault partially, but 
she actually asked my office manager to look into something because she was like, oh, y'all charge my card $35. And Brooke's like, oh, that's weird. So she's like, let me call the guy that we work with, NADA Payments. It's a, they don't charge a credit card fee or whatever. They charge it to the patient, not us. So I'm saving a ton of money in that. Yeah. What was that called? NADA? NADA. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. The guy, his name's Steven. He's really great. So he found this. So Brooke was like, hey, Steven, you know, can you look into this like $35 charge? And he like calls her in a panic and is like, hey, I just found out she's refunding her card money. The $35 payment wasn't from y'all. I don't know where that came from. Well, turns out it was her medical copay in a Smithfield family practice, not Smithfield family dentistry. So she kind of told on herself. And so she was charging, she was refunding her credit card every three days, various payments. So $500 here, $750 there, $725. That was started December 27th, found this out two weeks ago. And then I bring her to my office. I was like, you know, what's going on? Or I said, do you have something to tell me? And she was like, no. I was like, nothing. She was like, I was like, okay, well, why is your credit card being refunded? She's like, oh, it must be because it got stolen. I know she did get a credit card stolen, but she's like, oh, I think it was like, because it was like stolen and it, maybe it's just like doing it automatically. And I was like, no, it was at the terminal. And she was like, please, you have to believe me, like all this stuff, blah, blah. And I was like, go home. I'm going to look into it, but you need to leave now. So she left. I pulled up the, because there was a transact, there was a timestamp and a date stamp. I pulled up my cameras. Sure enough, she's putting her credit card in and refunding the money. Then I find out, then I'm like, I need to do some more research because I'm like, now I'm like confused because I haven't gotten a cash deposit since June. This bitch has stolen like $35,000 from me in cash. Oh my gosh. You, so you were looking back at the cameras since so June? I only, so actually, so my parents are retired. So I was like, I don't have time to look through all this footage, but my cameras save when we found it out, they had, they delete, of course, but. I had from November, like end of November onward. So my parents are currently going through the footage and saving everything that they find when she's taking the cash. But I see it. So. And so you told her to go home and then you looked at this. Did you ever contact her again and be like, hey? Yeah, I called her and I was like, hey, I pulled up the footage. I was like, you're fired. You're definitely stealing from me. She's like, no, I'm not. I'm like, how are you denying it? I literally have it on camera. Like, are you dumb? Like, yeah. so she still denies it. I'm like, but she's sending me money, like sending me payments, but I'm having a forensic accountant look into it. And um, she's sending you payments from like what she stole. So she's denying it, but still sending you payments, but still denying it. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. That's heavy. So that was your first hire. I mean, besides the acquisition, right? Like, yeah, she was my first hire. And she was so, I would have never guessed it. She was always like so grateful. I just did $14,000 with a dentistry on her, did a full upper arch like cosmetic case on her. Yeah, super grateful, bought me like presents, like was like, I don't want to take off where I don't want you to be mad at me, like all this stuff. Like I would have never known ever. And I thought she was kind of dumb to be honest. So I'm surprised she was able to do it. She's like kind of like sweet dumb, you know, not like dumb, like she was like naive. But naive, yeah. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. (laughs) Looking back now, do you feel like there was a changing point or a transition where you're like, okay, no. literally at home? Oh, no. Um, yes. So apparently your husband lost his job. Mm-hmm. I don't know when that happened though. So I don't know if that precipitated, not that it justifies it. I mean, you shouldn't yeah. steal from anybody, but I'm not sure when he lost his job. So interesting. Okay. Okay, man. So then what advice can you give us to look out for this? Like, is there something we can put in place? Like a, I don't know, like warning sign systems or something? Yeah, so a couple of things. 
I'm no expert by any means, and I'm still figuring this out. And I'm going to have, so I'm working with Prospident. I hired them to look into it. They're going to be looking into everything and letting me know mm-hmm. the final like thing. And also, they're, I think they're going to tell me like how to put systems in place and stuff like that. But I would say what I wasn't doing, which I should have been doing, is printing out. So they were sending me deposit slips daily. Like we, even my office manager was sending it mm-hmm. to me daily. And like, I just wasn't looking at it and it was clogging up my inbox. So I kind of like didn't tell her to stop, but I was like, I don't know, just like fell by the wayside kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, and then, so what we ended up doing was there's a certain amount of petty cash. Like, so I think it's like $300 or something like that. And then anything over the $300, they're putting in an envelope. I have a lockbox and my office manager signs it. And yes, he signs it. And then they put it in the lockbox and then I deposit it once a week. So that's how, because like, she was posting the cash into the, thank God, actually. So I don't think my books are messed up, but she was posting the cash, but I never took deposits to the bank. So that's how I realized how much was stolen from me because I don't like to take the cash. Like mm-hmm. I take the bank. Yeah. So, Interesting. Um, okay. Okay. So that's good though. That's good though. So then replacing her now, has that been easy, hard, or it was just like a... So like she just hit the fan. Like I'm getting a divorce. My associate quit a couple of weeks ago. Like... This happened. My compressor just went. I had to replace like all the breakers in my office. It was like eight thousand dollars. I've spent so much money this month. It is ridiculous. Kim, um, I'm sorry. That's <laughs> that's a lot. But yeah, so I really haven't tried to replace her yet. And the reason why is because first of all, I'm just trying to get things a little bit more under control because right now my associate quit, and so now I'm running five columns of operative by my like only. And then I have three columns of hygiene check. So it's just an absolute shit show, and I don't really want to bring somebody into that. I'm just like really trying to find an associate so I can stop working so much. Um, (laughs) But I don't know who I want to hire because I'm talking to my office manager and I'm going to see. So I have like these sheets for every position in my office to like show their their expectations. And so I'm having my office manager look at her tier sheet and then rank it based on like each item based. Like one is like I like doing it and I'm good at it. Two is I like doing it and I'm not good at it. Three is I'm not good at it and I don't like it. And four is, I like it, but I'm not good at it. And I was like, you know, if I can provide more training and you like it, then we can keep this on your list. But if you don't like it and you're not good at it, then we'll find somebody else who can do that. So kind of not a not another office manager, but I'm kind of thinking more of like almost like operations manager kind of thing. Because mm. like managing 12 people is like a lot on me. Yeah, so. I know. Like, honestly, Kim, it's like all on you right now. Mm-hmm. Like it, it literally, yeah, literally. You feel, do you, you feel like when was the moment that you started feeling that? Probably when I hired more staff for my, so I, my associate started in May and I'd hired another front desk and two dental assistants for him. And I think that's kind of where it started shifting because then I realized like, oh my gosh, I have a lot of people to manage. And so I'm really involved in management. So like I have monthly team meetings, monthly department meetings. I was trying to do monthly individual meetings, but I got too much and I was just in meetings every day. So I do every other month meetings with the girls. And so now you know, I was having like 15 meetings and I'm like, oh my God, like I really need to get somebody else. And then, so I cut back a clinical day. So I was cutting back Wednesdays and then he was working and then he quit beginning of January. Then all the clinical fell on me, plus all of the, you know, I was already dealing with a lot of staff management and then Lisa embezzling and then all the money stuff. Like, I think that's just when it started like snowfalling kind of, you know? Yeah. Now, did he quit like because he found I'm moving or because he's moving or no, he just kind of a long story. I had told him that I would keep things not 
public with that, but gotcha, gotcha, yeah. yeah. But I'm a little bitter about it. I'm not gonna lie. And right now, currently, you're looking for a new associate, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're going through. You're going through it, and that's a lot. So then, right now, if you don't mind me asking, kind of transitioning mm-hmm. a little bit, what are you doing to help you with this? Because I feel like this happens a lot. We all, not we all. Yeah. To be honest with you, I can't relate, right? But like, we all feel like there's a moment where we're like, "This is it. I just want to." It was so nice getting a paycheck from my associateship and just clocking out, and then that's it, calling it a day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Honestly, I mean it's like a lot, but like I'm not, and I'm stressed. Don't get me wrong, but. I think you kind of set yourself up for hard situations by investing early. So what do I mean by that? Well, I've surrounded myself, like getting rid of my bag ex-husband. I've surrounded myself with people who love and care about me and support me. And that includes my staff. And so like my staff has been amazing through everything. Like even with the embezzlement, they were like, oh my gosh, like you need to press charges, throw her in jail, like all this stuff. They were so angry. They're like, how could she do that to you? You know, like, and they've just been like so supportive and like just stepping up and like, you know, giving it 150% because they realize that I can't do that right now. And so that's kind of how I'm coping with it, I guess. And just knowing that it's going to pass, like it's, it is what it is. It's going to be shitty for a while, but it'll be okay. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Are you, could I ask, are you pressing charges or no? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, I would too. So, yeah, I wasn't going to at first, and then I found out it was like $30,000 and probably more, so now I'm pissed. But I was going to report it, but not necessarily press charges because I was like, well, you know what? If she pays me back, I'm not going to press charges, you know, whatever. But I wanted it to be on her record so that she couldn't do it to somebody else. But after precedent gets everything together for me, they they pretty much hand it to me with a bow, and then I go to the police because I need all the data first to, like, say, like, this is what she did, even though I have it on camera, but I don't know the extent. Like they were like, usually it works in threes. So she was refunding her credit card and stealing cash. Or like she could have been depositing insurance checks somewhere else. She could have like been just doing all this stuff that I don't even know about. Right. So they were like, you need to, we need to do our due diligence. Yeah. Yeah. It might be more than 30,000. I mean, but I mean, it's so weird that she, well, she knows, you know what, I guess what made me more upset is the fact that like, Bro, you're lying. Like, you're lying, but you're paying me back and you're still not admitting the lie. I mean, you were so delusional. I, I texted her because I like kind of blew up at her. Like, I was kind of being calm and just being like, whatever. And I mm-hmm. kind of blew up at her and I was like, I don't know if you're delusional or you just think I'm fucking stupid because why would you deny it? Like, you did it. Why would you just not admit to it? You know, like, yeah. and she was just like, I won't be cursed at. I was like, okay, whatever. I won't be stolen from, like, screw you, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, though, that people still deny it like that. But eh, it is delusion. It is insanity right there. So interesting. So I guess one of the questions that I wanted to ask you throughout this time, and we've kind of answered it. I mean, you've answered it, is the startup process or owning a practice. How has it affected your personal life? Yeah, I actually think dental school is harder than owning a practice, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. Um, I was just so stressed out all the time in dental school. So, I mean, I'll just, I don't know how much personal information you'd like. I don't care about sharing. But I was doing, me and my ex-husband were together for 10 years. We were trying to get pregnant, couldn't get pregnant, was doing IVF, got pregnant. And then he cheated on me while I was pregnant. Lost a baby a week later. Yeah. sorry about that, Kim. Yeah. And, you know, I don't, you know, some people might ask, well, you know, do you think that he cheated on you because of the business or what, you know, you're like too much of a workaholic. I think it really has an effect on my personal life that much because like, first of all, I work nine to four. So it's like not work. Yeah. I mean, I'm work, I work nine to four Monday through Thursday, every other Friday. I like to work on the weekends, like doing admin work, 
but I can like turn it off. Like, you know, there's always something to do. So, and I like just uninterrupted time. So people are like, oh, why don't you go home and like then work for a couple hours and like have your weekends for fun. Like, I don't like just working for like an hour. I like like eight hour blocks of time so I can like actually focus and do stuff. But now I'm dating somebody. So he's super supportive of that and we work together. So he owns practices, uh, physical therapy practices. And so it's kind of like, you kind of surround yourself with people who understand you and like, it doesn't bother them, I guess. Yeah. Friends and like my family understands. So Yeah. Interesting. Okay. That's a good schedule though. Nine to four. Mm-hmm. Like that's really good. And then the admin work on. And so the, like the theme I'm feeling like from what you're telling me is like, just invest early or invest as much as you can with people who, and I guess that's kind of hard sometimes, Kim, because like, how would you know if you're investing early, this is going to be someone great or it's going to be someone who embezzles? You know yeah. What I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that could have been a fluke, but it's kind of like, I think it was kind of a fluke, to be honest with you. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you can ever tell that, to be honest, because she was super loyal to me. I really feel like she dissociated it. Like, I really, truly think that it was separate in her mind. I don't, I feel like she wasn't stealing from me. She was just, I think she was still happy at work. I think she loved me. I think she, she worked her ass off for me. Like, I mean, any feedback I ever gave her, she did it went above and beyond, was like very detailed. Like it was very out of left field. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Definitely. It could have been like a a fluke, almost like different personality. You know what I mean? Like how people have that where it's like, what are you doing? And they don't even recall or something. Honestly. Interesting. But there could have been, like you said, a transitioning point in their life where maybe her husband's like, you need to do something. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Right. Yeah. But okay. Awesome. So then One of the questions I wanted to ask you throughout this process is what systems would you say are unique in your practice? So I know you worked at like a couple of associateships, right? Or a couple of practices in the past. Were there any systems you took from there or systems you hated that they did? And you're like, I'm going to do something different in my practice. Yes. Mm -hmm. I just threw anybody under the bus, but it was actually a general theme that I felt like insurance wasn't being handled very well at my other practices. Nothing against the business people or anything or the people that work there. But I was, my second practice was out of network, but I feel like you can still get, so you can still give accurate quotes when they're out of network. You just have to save. I mean, at the beginning, it's going to be a show because you're not going to know the fees and you can't request them. Right. But as you get EOBs back, then you start creating a out of network fee schedule and then you realize what they pay at. Right. So you can still have that. But so in my practice, we are very vigilant about insurance stuff. So I have a girl at home. That's all she does. She has like a breakdown form, asks about codes that we do at her office. So for example, like I know some offices don't do FMDs a lot, like maybe once in a blue moon. We do them fairly frequently because like our patients' mouths are falling apart, literally. Like I'm in rural North Carolina where like Mountain Dew and cigarettes are like essentially free, you know? So we do FMDs a lot. You know, we do, I do pulp caps a lot. I do 4212s a lot. You know what the 4212 code is? It's amazing if you don't know it. It's gingivectomy to access restoration. So- if somebody has a sub G carries, you're not doing crown lengthening, but you're you're really like lasering the gums. You're you know taking a bird of the gums. That's a forty two twelve. Okay. My practice. A lot of times insurance doesn't cover it, so we we make them pay out of pocket for it. Interesting. So she calls about. I mean, of course, then we call about. And she has like frequencies too. She has like you know frequencies for X rays. And she asked specifically, what about PAs? What about PANs? What about FMXs? Because sometimes randomly PANs are covered at 90%. Why? No one knows. Even though it's preventive or whatever. She asked about downgrades from crown downgrades. She asked about crown frequencies. She asked denture frequency. We do a lot of dentures. 
exclusions, things like that. And then she puts it into open dental. And so if you put it in, everything should be put in the treatment plan, including x-rays. And if you put it in, it should auto-calculate it. And we should know exactly what the patient should pay. And if we find out for whatever reason, something was denied or downgraded or whatever, when we're putting the EOB in the computer, we go back into the family file and say, okay, this MetLife plan, you know, MetLife Federal, they downgrade uh, implant tool partial. And then you put that in so it shows up in their thing. She asked about missing tooth clauses. She asked about everything. So in the past, my practices have not done that. You know, it's, they do the standard. Crowns are 50%. Fillings are 80%. Preventive's 100 Like, that doesn't give you anything. That's mm-hmm. just, it's nothing. It's yeah. Hard. It's like the, I guess, like the cookie cutter, the outline thing. But that's interesting, yeah. though. So she goes, is this the one who works from home, you said? Yeah. How does that work? How do you, how does she... I guess, how did you create that for her? So I was in a dental Facebook group and, or I mean, a bunch of them. And um, there's one for my town, it's called Triangle Dental Solutions. So it's like a Facebook page for like people looking for jobs and posting jobs. And I saw somebody post saying like they, they were medical, they're looking for a remote front desk job in dental. And I was like, huh, that might be interesting because I don't have any room in my practice for anyone else. But we get like over 140 calls a day, like in business hours. So I was like, holy shit. I don't have enough people to answer the phones. So I was like, maybe I can have somebody work from home and just answer the phone. And so I commented on it and I said, hey, you know, I might be interested. Like, let me set up a call. Well, then Tammy, who's my remote friend desk girl, actually messaged me. And she was like, hey, I saw that you commented on this girl's thing. And like, I was interested in maybe a work from home position. I actually know some people that used to work with you and they really like you. And so I'd love to work for you. I want to work from home. I used to be an office manager. I retired, but now I'm bored because my husband still works. And so she's like, I don't want to deal with office manager stuff. I literally just want to sit at home and sit on the phone all day. And I'm like, more power to you, girlfriend. She's good at it. So. Yeah. Okay. And then at home is where, I guess, how did you, how can you trust is what I mean. You know what I mean? Where you're like, are you? I'm very nice. <laughs> um, no, I am. I am naive, obviously, but no. I'm, I'm very much like trust until proven wrong. Also, I'm more results based versus like, I'm not a micromanager. So I'm like, here's the result I want. I want a minimal amount of like, oopsie, here's a like surprise bill. Okay. If I'm getting a lot of oopsies, you're not doing your job. If I'm not, and I'm looking and I'm seeing all this stuff in the family file, like, then that's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what she, I mean, she could be working for five minutes and get this all done. I don't care. I like that. I like that a lot where it's like, hey, I can get it done in like either an hour, 10 hours, but I'm getting it done kind of thing. It does work. Like she, I mean, she's, she clocks in at, you know, eight o'clock or whatever, 830 and doesn't clock out till four. And I think she's on the phone because I mean, you, you know, you're sitting on the phone for like 30 minutes to an hour on these freaking insurance companies. And half the time she's probably doing that, honestly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, no? mm-hmm. She's also working. Yeah, she merges family. So with, you know, inheriting a practice, it's good because you have all the patients, but you do kind of inherit some stuff that's not done properly. So like people were adding all these like different insurance plans and like they weren't linking files and like it was just kind of a mess. And so she's also been going through and like linking families, linking plans. So like, for example, we have an Amazon by me. And so it's like, if someone has Amazon and they work at Amazon and they have this plan, you should not have to reinsert this plan. And there shouldn't be 4,000 Amazon plans because like there's only three of them or whatever. I don't Mm -hmm. know. So she's trying to systemize that and streamline it. That's good. So she consolidates all that. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. Huh. Makes me think about a lot of things now. But okay. So then you said you're getting around 140 calls. What are you doing for marketing and advertising? Nothing. Absolutely nothing? No. I got 113 new patients last month. How are they finding you? Word of mouth and Google. Okay. So like SEO, like just 
They just Google and then you you show up or Google ads or? No, I don't do any ads. Like I don't do anything. Nothing, <laughs> they just nothing. like done it. Well, because so I'm in Smithfield. So Smithfield is a town of like 11,000 people, but like the surrounding towns are pretty rural. So there's not a ton of dentists in the area. Like in, in Smithfield, there's four dentists or five, maybe not include. I mean, I'm six, probably they're close by me. It's just, we have a lot of good Google reviews and word of mouth. Like a lot of people, they're like, yeah, my friend said you pulled a tooth and like, it was great. So now I'm here to pull more teeth. I'm like, great. <laughs> now I'm here to pull more teeth. Awesome, man. That's great. That's the best kind of market, the referrals, word of mouth. That's the best kind. So awesome. And then one of the last questions I wanted to ask you is as a practice owner, what advice would you give to us who maybe like we are in the startup phase or we, we've already opened, but we're just struggling, struggling to maybe break even or we're breaking even, but then we're dipping again and kind of like that. I think there's a couple of things. So like in a way, sometimes I'm a little envious of people who are who are startups because they're a little slower and they're able to focus more on systems and things like that. Like right now, like I would tell my friends, you know, I'm afraid to pick up a rock because I'm afraid to see what's underneath there at my practice. Right. You know, I kept finding all this stuff. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, you know, the insurance is like jacked up. Like, oh, my God, everything's breaking. Like, ah, with startups, like you really have the opportunity to like really fine tune your systems and write them down because you don't want any of your staff to have you by the balls. You want to be able to do every single position and literally hand it to your wife or your friend and be like, help me out the front desk. Here's what you do. This manual. Right. So taking that time to like, I mean, I'm talking like that a five-year-old can do it. It has to be like by step, by step, everything, passwords, you know, screenshots. This is how you do this. This is how you deposit a check. This is how you do your like whatever. And then trying to be like as efficient as possible. So that entails a couple things. One is being resourceful as far as like your staff goes. So like you might not need a ton of staff. Like I need all of the staff I have. I truly feel that way. But like as a startup, like if I was a startup, I would probably hire maybe two people. I would hire a dental assistant and probably a hygienist because I hate doing hygiene. I don't know. I mean, it might be expensive, but trying to be efficient and hiring the I think hiring the right person and like creating the right culture fit is really important because I think that's what's helped my culture is like when I took over, the girls that I had were amazing. And like that culture has just continued and spread. And so like the girls I have now are just, they will do anything. They'll jump, they'll, like, the schedule we run, if any other dental assistant looked at it, they'd be like, I would hate working there. But, like, my girls love it. They have a great time. You know, we all love each other. You know, we hang out. Like, they're great. And so you don't want somebody, like, in your ear, like, we can't do this. We're negative, blah, 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 you know? Gotcha. Yeah, because that contributes to the culture. Interesting. Okay. Awesome, Kim. Thank you so much. If any of our listeners wanted to reach out to you, where can they find you? Yeah, so they could text me if you want my number now. If you want to put it in the, yeah, if you want to say it, it's up to you. Um, 919-418-0538 or send me an email if it's like a long something. Kim Power, K-I-M-P-O-W-E-R 9515 at gmail.com. All right. So that's going to be in the show notes below. If you guys want to reach out to Kim, just look for her name. The contact information is going to be below there. And Kim, thank you so much for being with us. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. And we'll hear from you soon. Thanks. Thank you so much, Kim for being a part of the podcast. We really appreciate it. And thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I really appreciate you. If you want to reach out to Kim, go in the show notes below and you know what to do. Just look for her name and then look for the contact information below and then just reach out to her. Reach out to her. I'm sure she would appreciate that and pick her brain if you have any questions or concerns or anything that she mentioned. If you want more information on that, then definitely reach out to her. So go in the show notes below. And at the same time, don't forget 
dark horse tech. If you are looking or you're struggling with any IT problems, issues, whether it's HIPAA compliant or maybe it's about having disruptions in your in your practice, maybe IT hiccups, anything like that, definitely reach out to Dark Horse Tech. They're offering a limited time deal that's amazing. So sign up with Dark Horse Tech today and they'll give you the first month of IT support for free. It's their way of demonstrating confidence in their service and their commitment to the dental profession. So make sure you go in the show notes below, click the first link in the show notes below. Even if you've thought about having a new IT company, if you've thought about, you know what, I need a better IT company or I need an IT company, then check out Dark Horse Tech. Go in the show notes below, click the first link in the show notes below, schedule a demo with them, just talk with them, see if they're a good fit for you. And if they are, make sure you get the limited time offer that's one month of IT support for free. So thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. Thank you for your support. I appreciate you. And I'll talk to you in the next episode.